Word power. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever whatever is in your heart is going to make its way out of your mouth eventually. James, the book of James, if you want to go there in your Bible, you can follow along. He presents the matter of the tongue, the matter of our words, our speech, as one of God's faith tests for us. God looks at what we say, listens to what we say, because true faith will be demonstrated by what we speak. So will false faith. Let's go to the book of James this morning, chapter 3. Let's read verses 2 through 5. We all make many mistakes, and everybody said... Now, if you're a person who doesn't make mistakes, you probably will not fit in here at Whitley Church Um, because the problem with you is that you just think you don't. And people who think they don't, they're usually a little tough to get along with. We know some really good churches for you, and it ain't this one. Did I say that out loud? Amen. I don't like to be around folks who don't think they mess up. We all mess up, don't we? We serve a God that reaches down every time we do. All we got to do is cry out. All we got to do is say, Daddy, help us. And he'll come where we are. Sometimes he'll spank us. Do you know that's in the Bible? It's in Hebrews chapter 12. Don't go there now. I'll preach on that later. James 3, 2 through 5. We all make many mistakes, but those who control their tongues can also control themselves in every other way. That is an incredible teaching from the Bible this morning. I mean, that is huge right there. If you can control your tongue, then you will be under the control of the Holy Spirit in every other way. Isn't that amazing? We're going to talk about that today. Then he illustrates it. He said, He says, we can make a large horse turn around and go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. So also, the tongue is a small thing. But what enormous damage it can do. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Word power, the potency of words. It is such a concern to James that he actually mentions it in every chapter of his book. All five chapters, James talks about the power of the tongue, the power of our speech, the power of our words. And then as we've already read in our text today, a large portion of chapter 3 deals specifically with the power of our words. So, boys and girls, men and women of God, those of you maybe who haven't even come to Jesus yet, let me go ahead and tell you that it is essential that we control our speech. Actually, not that we control it, but that we allow the Holy Spirit to control it. It's so important that James gives us five compelling reasons why we need to control or allow him, God, to control our tongue, our speech. We need to control our words, we found out last week, because of their potential 
to damage us and to condemn us. Our words can condemn us, hurt us. So we need to be very careful. We talked about that last week. If you want to hear that message and you were not here, you can go online at whitleychurch.com or if you'd like a CD, we can get that to you. What we're going to find out today is that we need to control our words because if we do not, they have the potential to control us. If we don't allow the Holy Spirit to get hold of our speech, then our words will get hold of us. Our speech will get hold of us, and it will control us. James goes on in verse 2 to tell us that everyone stumbles, everyone makes mistakes in the area of their speech and the words they say. Let's read it together from a different version, James 3 and 2. For we all stumble in many ways. We stumble. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. Now that word right there doesn't mean perfect in the sense that we would think that it does. If you study that word in the original language in the, in the Greek, you will discover that it means being perfected. So the man who is mature, the man, the woman who is mature, the man, the woman who is being perfected, the man, the woman who is equipped, is what that word means, then they are able to bridle their words. In other words, if they don't stumble in what they say, then that is a very significant sign that they are a mature Christian. And that also will result, look at the last part of this verse, that they will not only be able to bridle their tongue if they are a mature Christian, but the whole body. And it doesn't mean the physical body, it includes it, but it doesn't mean just the physical body, it means the total person. When the tongue is under control, the total person will be under control. James is telling us that only spiritually mature people are able to control their tongue. You see, there was only one human being who had an absolutely perfect tongue, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. On one occasion, in the book of James, chapter 7 and verse 46, the Bible says, no man ever spoke like this man. His words were perfect. He, his words were without error. In 1 James 2.21 uh, he is talking about Jesus here, and he says, Christ, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. You know what? Jesus is our example in, in how many things? Everything, all things, exactly. And he's our example here. Jesus had no sin in his life. Jesus had no sin in his mouth. So James is saying in verse two, if any man doesn't, if any person, woman, man, boy or girl, doesn't stumble in their words, it is a, it is a sign that they are spiritually mature. I gotta tell you, the church is really messed up in this area. As I've grown up in church all my life, it was amazing what we used to gauge a person's spirituality. A lot of times we gauged, uh, you know, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, so we gauged how loud they were. Amen? Anybody grew up in that? If you were loud, surely you were spiritual. If you made more noise than everybody else and moved around more than everybody else, surely you were spiritual. But I picked up on something as a little boy. Those who were loud in church, not every time, because I'm loud in church too, and Lord knows I'm awesome, but, <laughs> and humble, <laughs> proud of it. 
Listen, I found out some of the times those who made the most noise inside the church also made the most noise outside the church. Did I say that out loud? Amen, amen. So how do we tell if somebody's really mature? Because their speech is under control. Their tongue is under control. You can speak with the tongues of men and angels, but if you're a gossip, you're not a mature Christian. I was talking about the second service. I mean, come on, work with me here. No sin was found in his life. No sin was found in his mouth. James says if a person is mature, he, will, he may stumble in word, but as he grows in God and becomes more and more mature, he will also be able to bridle not only his tongue, but his whole person. Now, it's important that you get that because James is teaching us a powerful, practical, spiritual truth here today. He is telling us that if a person can master, and really when I say a person mastering their tongue in the context of this sermon today, it means allowing the Holy Spirit to master your tongue. It isn't you controlling your tongue. But it's you becoming so intimate with Jesus and bringing your speech to him in prayer. Saying to him in prayer, God, help me. God, take over my life to the point that before I say something that I pause. Amen, amen? And think it through. He says when a person can do that, not only will he master his tongue, but he will master his evil tendencies throughout his whole total person. That is a tremendous truth. You know, a lot of us think, and I've thought it, and I gotta tell you this truth and me getting hold of this in my sermon study has really helped me personally because you get this idea. Do y'all remember the guy back in the old days like on the Ed Sullivan Show when he had those plates spinning on those little sticks? Y'all remember that? How many of y'all remember that? That's some old people here today. Now listen. And we would have, he would have like 20 of those little sticks or 25 and he would have plates spinning. Have you ever felt like that in the Christian life? That I gotta keep all these plates spinning or God's gonna look down and be disappointed in me? That I gotta work on this and I, you know, I can have about 10 plates going but the rest of them are wobbling. Amen, amen, you ever felt like that? You know what he's saying right here? He's saying that there is a plate, one plate you can focus on that will make all the other plates keep spinning. And it's your tongue. It's your speech. Jesus comes to that conclusion here and the word of God comes to that conclusion and we all come to that conclusion because the Bible teaches not just James 3 but all through the Bible there is verses and and scriptures about the tongue. I'll give you a lot of them uh, in the next sermon in this series. But But the tongue is an instant expression. We are told throughout the Bible, it is an instant, immediate expression of what? Our heart. So we know that because this is true, you sin more easily with your tongue. You sin more readily with your tongue. You sin more often with your tongue than any other member of the body. So James reminds us that if we can get this little bad boy Under the control of the Holy Spirit, it's like the rest of our spiritual life gets lined up. Isn't that beautiful right there? Would it not be awesome if you only had one plate to keep spinning? 
And if you could keep that one plate spinning, all the other plates would spin. That's what James is telling us here. James is saying that the Christian who controls, focuses on, and controls his or her mouth through intimacy with God will also control all of the other impulses of the flesh. What an insight for the Christian who wants to live victoriously. How many Christians here today, and you don't have to raise your hand, but I would think that every one of you would would love to say, you know, Pastor, I wish there was a key. I wish there was a key. I wish there was a I wish there was a number one priority that I could just kind of focus on that number one priority and it would help me get everything else in my life in order. It is. It's right here today. See, if I want to get my act together, and there, there's people sitting here this morning, you're listening to me preach, and you really, I mean, you're struggling and you're, you're failing and getting up and falling and getting up, but you really want to get your act together. You really want to get it together and you really want to stop riding that spiritual roller coaster. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That spiritual roller coaster, close to God, far away, close to God, far away, close to God. Anybody ever rode that but me? I've rode that. How do we get off that roller coaster and how do we get more, more um, consistent and, and, and more developed in our Christian life? The Bible says that if you want to bring your whole spiritual life into control, then what you need to focus on is what's coming out of your mouth because it condemns you. Remember last week, it condemns you and it can also control you. So if your tongue can control you when it says the wrong things, guess what's gonna happen when you say the right things? That will control you. The right things will control you. The Holy Spirit gets control. When it gets control of the most volatile, the most dangerous, potent member of our body, the rest will be subdued. Let's go to Psalm 39.1 and look at a verse there. David says, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my what? Tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle. (laughs) We should have some of those in the bookstore. Amen? I'd, I'd be the first one to buy one if there was a spiritual muzzle you could put on. And I'd get y'all some for Christmas. <laughs> David says, my tongue, my words, that's the place I need to start. Y'all hearing me this morning? Man, if we, if we can stop focusing, see, because you're saying, man, I'm praying, and pastor, I'm going to church, I'm serving, and, and pastor, I, I, I'm reading my Bible, and I'm even fasting, and, and pastor, I gotta tell you, but you know what? If we don't get hold of this right here, if we don't focus on this and ask the Holy Spirit to get a hold of this, we can be doing a bunch of right things, but we're not developing as a Christian. We're not getting closer to God. James says it's right there. It's right there in your mouth. Now, he gives us two illustrations here, and let's look at both of them. Let's look at the first illustration is in James 3 and 3. He says we can make a large horse turn. How many of y'all ride horses? Got any horsemen out here? Horse women, people? Well, say amen while I'm preaching this. All right, thank you. We can make a large horse turn around and go wherever we want him to go by means of a small bit in its. How many of y'all know what a Clydesdale is? A Clydesdale, big old horse. I remember on our honeymoon, 
Look, I went all out on the honeymoon, took Millie to Bush, Bush Gardens. I don't mess, I don't play when it comes to my woman. Took her to Bush Gardens and we saw those Clydesdales. Holy cow, those are some big horses. And we went in and looked at, I mean, I mean, the back of the horse where you sit if you rode those was above my head. Those guys were huge. Look what, look what James says. How do you control a Clydesdale? Well, you've got to work on his feet, and then you've got to work on his backside, and then you've got to work on his front side. No, no, no. He says you control that whole animal by controlling his mouth. James says you put a bit in his mouth and then it lays on his tongue. Then you put a harness around that and pull it up over his head and attach it to some reins. And then when you pull that bit with those reins, you can move that horse anywhere you want him to because his entire body follows his mouth. We're just like that. We follow our mouth. By controlling the horse's mouth, his tongue, you control the movements of the whole horse. James is going, you're like that, Pharaoh. You're like that, Whitley Church. Everybody's like that. If we get this under control, the rest of us will follow. You ever thought about how a horse is really useless unless you can get control of the whole horse by putting the bit in his mouth? Has anybody ever been to the beach and seen those wild horses out there at the beach? You can wave at me if you've seen those wild horses. You know, and they're, I mean, they've never been touched by man and they've been there for ages and, and their mane is long, you know. They're, they're, just, uh, they're just out there wild and they're beautiful to look at and an incredible thing to see, but they're really not any good to anybody. And I know conservationists and all that. I understand all that. I think they're beautiful too. But I'm just saying that a horse is no good unless you put that bit in his mouth and control him. Um, have you ever seen a horse volunteer to plow a field? I'll plow it. That was Mr. Ed. How many of y'all remember Mr. Ed? Old people here. Wilbur. <laughs> okay, um, I've never known a horse to volunteer to plow a field. I've never known him to volunteer to pull a wagon or carry a rider. That horse has to be broken. What the uh, Amish people say is the horse has to be meeked. The Bible says we need to be meek. Can I tell you that meekness doesn't mean weakness? Jesus was described as meek, but he certainly wasn't weak. And when a man really meets a horse the way it's supposed to, he's not trying to take away the horse's personality. He's not trying to take away the horse's strength. He's not trying to take away the horse's power or, or speed. He's trying to bring it under control. See, some of you are afraid that if you give your life to Jesus, that he's going to take things from you. He's not going to take anything from you. What he's going to do is bring all the gifts and all of the strength and all of the power and everything he gave you under his control. And so when those horses are meeked and they get that bit in their mouth, now they become useful. 
Now they become fruitful. And that's why so many Christians are so unfruitful because we've not been meeked by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, let the Holy Spirit meek you and let it begin with your mouth because if we can get your mouth meeked, the rest of you will be meeked. Am I making any sense? So James uses a simple illustration to say that when we allow God to gain control of our tongue, he will, it will easily, bring, our whole body will come under that. I've never seen a horse go, well, you can put that bit in my mouth and I'll do what you want with the mouth, but the rest of me, I'm, you gotta do something. No, if you get that under control, he just goes. Wherever that mouth goes, that's where he goes. That's what God's saying to us. By controlling the tongue, then our whole person is directed to a useful purpose. I'm telling you, you can be a saved person, you can be a believer, you can have Jesus Christ living in your heart, you can read the Bible, you can pray, and be useless to the kingdom of God, and useless to the building of the kingdom of God, because you won't allow God to meek you. That's good preaching right there. Make me a CD of this. James 3 and 4, look at the next illustration. He gives the illustration of a tiny rudder. That tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. That's important because those winds represent temptation. Even though the winds are strong, how many of you have the winds of temptation blowing against you? I'm tempted every day. You say, what are you tempted to do, pastor? I ain't gonna tell you. <laughs> Y'all look real holy out there, you little halos over your head. We're all tempted every single day. The winds of temptation blow, blow, blow against us. But he says, if Jesus has put that bit in our mouth and he is our rider and he has brought us under control and we have been meeked, it does not matter how strong the winds of temptation blow. We can stay on course. How many of you ever been on a cruise? Y'all been on a cruise? A cruise ship is an amazing thing. It, some of them weigh more than 70,000 tons. But that little rudder, now if it was in here, it wouldn't be little, it'd be big, but compared to that ship, that rudder is so little. There are thousands of people floating cities, these cruise ships. But it's moved by a little rudder, and I got to see one time, I got to see a, 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 the captain of one of these boats park it. You know, I always thought they just got in and went, and parked it. Didn't like that. They look at a screen and they move a little joystick. Y'all remember the Atari, the old Ataris? It's like one of those, man. He's like, mm -hmm. and he is just, and he can pull that thing in the dock and never touch the side of the dock. He can stop it right there in the water because of that rudder, that tiny little rudder. Controls the whole ship. Whatever that rudder does, the whole boat, the whole body of the horse will do. Um, so what does it look like speaking right things? Well, let me just give you a list of things. You won't be able to write these down, but I'll, I'll email them to you. 
Farrell at WhitleyChurch.com. That's my email. Here's what needs to come out of your mouth. Gracious words. Kind words, loving words, true words, thoughtful words, holy words, sensitive words, edifying words, gentle words. When God's got control of our tongue, we speak comforting words and words of blessing. When God controls our tongue, we speak words of humility and words of wisdom, words of thanksgiving and praise, unselfish words. Peaceful words. Here's what one Bible commentator writes. Listen to this. If our tongue were so well under control that it refused to formulate the words of self-pity, the images of lustfulness, the thoughts of anger and resentment, then these things are cut down before they ever have a chance to live. See, if we, if we can get this under control, then, then when those storms, those winds of temptation come, If we can learn to bring our tongue under control and have words that only edify and worship and draw us nearer to God, then those temptations never come to life. They never come to life if we have this under control. He calls the tongue the master switch. He said the master switch has deprived these temptations of any power to switch on. to switch on that side of our life. I love this last sentence. If you're gonna write something down, this would be worth writing down. The control of the tongue is more than evidence of spiritual maturity. The control of the tongue is a means to spiritual maturity. So the control of the tongue, you remember I told you earlier that if you wanna know if a person's mature in God, I mean, if somebody's always telling you they're mature in God, they're not. I mean, if they are, they don't have to tell you. Amen? The control of the tongue is more than evidence of spiritual maturity. It is a means to spiritual maturity. The more you get control of this, the more mature you become each day of your life. And what does spiritual maturity mean? It means you're becoming like Jesus. Now, in my house, I've got a breaker box. I don't know anything about it. It's a wonder I've not died at that breaker box messing with it. Somebody hand me a screwdriver. You know, that's just wrong. Don't do that at a breaker box. Don't stick a screwdriver. I'm just saying. Um, But it's got all these little switches at the top, and you can turn them off, and they will turn off just certain segments of the house, certain appliances. Have y'all ever done this right here? Did that do it? No. How about this one? No, but the TV's out. Okay, and you keep going. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Then you got to go back and reset all the clocks. (laughs) Y'all been there, haven't you? But at the bottom, there's a what? Yeah, man, the master, that's the tongue of that thing. Because if that tongue is switched on, then everything lines up and it's on. If that tongue is switched off, everything cuts off. This writer talks about your tongue as the master switch. It's the master switch. If you click your tongue to the off position, then nothing else can function. Every other thing becomes inconsequential because the master switch controls you. I gotta hurry. James 5 says... Even so, the tongue is a little member, but boasts great things. 
You know why the tongue boasts great things? You know why? Because it can do great stuff. When the tongue boasts, it's not boasting of something that's not true. The reason the tongue boasts great things is because it is very powerful. What is the title of our sermon series? Word what? Power. Words are very, very, very potent. And James is saying that the tongue is proud of its power to control because it really can control. The tongue can tear people down. The tongue can divide this church. The tongue can destroy your relationship with your wife, with your friends. The tongue can wreck a marriage, devastate a family, rip a nation apart. That's one of the things wrong with this country. Everybody's talking, running their mouth. It can lead to murder. It can lead to war. I mean, you know, we fought wars because leaders couldn't shut up. On the other hand, the tongue can build up and create and it can enthuse and it can encourage and comfort and bring peace and joy. The tongue's a powerful, powerful thing. And if we allow the Holy Spirit to get a hold of our speech and control it, the rest of us will be controlled by the Holy Spirit as well. So James says, look at your mouth. Look at what you're saying. Look at your speech. Think about what you're saying. It's obvious to me some people don't think about what they say. Sometimes I don't. It is the speech of, is it the speech that you're speaking? Is it living faith? Are you speaking the speech of living, fa- living faith? Apply yourself to the control of your tongue by the Holy Spirit because its power to condemn you and its power to control you is immense. It's big, I'm telling you. So let's close this sermon. Here's what I want you to do today. I want to ask you to make a covenant with me. Will you just stand? Let's all stand. Let's make a covenant this morning as a church. Here's the covenant that we're going to do everything we can individually and as a church to watch our mouth. Let's make a covenant that God will help us every morning when we get up. Before we brush our teeth, before we do anything, when our feet hit the floor, for us to say, Lord Jesus, control my tongue today. You know what? I'm not gonna worry about tomorrow. I can't do anything about tomorrow. I can repent about yesterday, but I can't do a thing about tomorrow. But just get up in the morning and say, God, today, you know what, let's do, matter of fact, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna put a note on my mirror that says, Lord, today, help me watch my mouth. Help me control my tongue. And really what you're saying is, Lord, help me to yield to the Holy Spirit to control my tongue today. And then get through that day and look back on it and go, hey, I did pretty good. I didn't cuss. I didn't lie. I didn't hurt my family. 
I didn't hurt anybody at work that I know of. And then at the end of the day, go, thank you, Lord. And then get up the next morning and say, God, it's another day. By your Holy Spirit, help me not to hurt anybody or damage or bring division with my mouth today. And let's, let's covenant as a church that every morning we say this to God. You know what I'm gonna do? I, I tell you what I'm gonna do. If God will remind me, because I'm 54 now as of yesterday, so I need to be reminded more often. God will remind me. I'm gonna put a note on my mirror. Who, who will say with me today, Pastor, if God will bring it to my memory, I'll put a note on my mirror that says, help me watch my mouth today. Because guys, listen, if we can get the Holy Spirit controlling this little bad boy right here, the rest of us will follow. Isn't that awesome? Father, we make that covenant today with our mouth, with our tongue. Lord Jesus, help us to only glorify you and build up and bless. Help us only to encourage and bring peace and joy, unity and Help us to always speak with the wisdom that comes from heaven. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, God bless you. If you're here for the first time, pick up your gift at the back. Hey, listen, if you want to know more about Jesus, right over here to my right, your left, right back here is some information you can pick up on the way out. Don't forget to sign up for the various things that are in your worship program and at the information desk. Don't forget to sign up for the blood drive. God bless you guys. I love you.